Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 270 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with our Come Follow Me studies for this week, covering Doctrine and Covenants uh, sections 106 to 108 uh, for the September the 20th to September the 26th section in the Come Follow Me manual. Uh, and today we can uh, we will continue with Doctrine and Covenants 107, starting from verse 23. And from here we have a little discussion about the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the Quorums of the Seventy. Now, uh, in verse 23 it explains the twelve travelling counsellors are called to be the twelve apostles, or special witnesses of the world, of the name of Christ in all the world, thus differing from other officers in the church in the duties of their calling. So we know that the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles hath this responsibility uh, to be special witnesses, to preach in all the world. W. Rolf Kerr uh, taught, quote, I feel it a sacred honour and a privilege to have joined with members of the church around the world in sustaining the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles as prophets, seers and revelators. We humbly declare that they are special witnesses of the name of Christ in all the world. We testify that they speak as if as they are moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and whatsoever they shall speak when moved on by the Holy Ghost shall be scripture, shall be the will of the Lord, shall be the mind of the Lord, shall be the word of the Lord, shall be the voice of the Lord, and the power of God unto salvation. Close quote. Um, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles have this important role. And in verse 24 it is explained, and they form a quorum equal in authority and power to the three presidents previously mentioned. So obviously... Uh, this indicates that the First Presidency have authority and power to lead the Church, um, particularly with the keys that are held by the President of the Church. Uh, but the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, together, they form a quorum that is equal in authority to the First Presidency, which, of course, is the Lord straightaway uh, setting in place a succession plan, uh, a way to have his Church continue even with the death of the president of it of, of his church, and even uh, you know if the councillors on the first presidency weren't were unable to function in their duties as well, the quorum of the twelve apostles together uh, form this quorum that is equal in authority. Of course, with the president of that quorum of the twelve, uh, with the authority to lead and guide the church and to reorganize the first presidency upon the death of the presidents of the church. The presence of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles at this stage is President Dallin H. Oaks. Of course, we have the acting presidents of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles as President M. Russell Ballard, uh, but that is because President Dallin H. Oaks is currently serving in the first presidency. Uh, and so at this time, the acting president is President M. Russell Ballard, but when the time comes when a decision needs to be made on the next leader of the church, President Alan H. Oaks would then return back into the Quorum of the Twelve, along with President Henry B. Eyring, uh, and President Alan H. Oaks would be the president of that quorum. Uh, so that is how you know we, we have a, rest, a revealed and, rest, and restored way of making sure that that succession is not broken, um, even if there is um, a difficulty with having the, the first presidency in place, the Quorum of the Twelve is there. 
And then in verse 25, we have the 70 are also called to preach the gospel and to be a special witnesses unto the Gentiles and in all the world, thus differing from other officers in the church in the duties of their calling. So we have here the role of the 70. And uh, Gordon B. Hinckley explained quite a lot about the 70. Um, he said, quote, consistent with their ordination of 70s, they become officers of the church with a specific and definite tie to a quorum. While there will be only limited opportunities for them to come together in quorum meetings, the presence of the 70 will communicate with them, will instruct them, receive reports, and do other things of that kind. They will now have a sense of belonging that they have not experienced up to this time. As 70s, they are called to preach the gospel and to be a special witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though all 70s have equal scriptural authority, members of the first and second quorums are designated to general authorities, while members of the third, fourth, and fifth are designated area authorities. Close quote. Now, I've not looked up what um, quorums of the 70 we have. I'm pretty sure we have more than five now. Uh, I'll have to have a look at that later. Um, but what is interesting to me uh, in this is that obviously the first and second, at the time that uh, President Hinckley spoke about this, were, in, were assigned general authorities. Um, but what I find interesting as well is that in verse 20, oh, in verse 26, about the 70s, it says, and they form a quorum equal in authority to that of the 12 special witnesses or apostles just named. So obviously we've never had an, in an instance like this where the quorum of the 12 wasn't able to be formed um, to be able to decide on matters in the church. But should something happen like that, which of course is highly unlikely, where we where we lose the first presidency and the quorum of the twelve, um, we have we need not fear as the quorum of the seventy would be then formed to have that same authority as the twelve uh, or the first presidency, and then they would be able to reorganize the quorum of the twelve and the first presidency. Um, so there is a definite plan in place by the Lord to be able to have His church never be taken away from the earth again. Uh, which is something which is prophesied that will happen, that it will stay on the earth until the time of the Saviour's second coming. Um, in terms of these quorums and how they work, in verse 27 it says, And every decision made by either of these quorums must be by the unanimous voice of the same. That is, every member in each quorum must be agreed to its decisions in order to make their decisions of the same power or validity one with another. This unity um, or unan unanimity, uh, I think, is very interesting and very important. Uh, Gordon B. Hinckley said, quote, No decision emanates from the deliberations of the First Presidency and the Twelve without total unanim un unanimity uh, among all concerned, or at the outset in considering matters that may be different differences of, of opinion. These are to be expected. These men come from different backgrounds. They are men who think for themselves. But before a final decision is reached, there comes a unanimity of mind and voice. I add by way of personal testimony that during the 20 years I served as a member of the Council of the Twelve, and during the nearly 13 years that I have served in the First Presidency, there has, been a never, there has never been a major action taken where the procedure, this procedure was not observed. I have seen differences of opinion presented in these deliberations. Out of this very process of men speaking their minds has come a sifting and winnowing of ideas and concepts, but I've never observed a serious discord or personal enmity among my brethren. I have rather observed a 
beautiful and, and remarkable thing. The coming together under the, the directing influence of the Holy Spirit and under the power of revelation of divergent views until there is total harmony and full agreement. Only then is implementation made. That, I testify, represents the spirit of revelation manifesting again and again in directing this, this the Lord's work. Close quote. There's also the uh, the quote that I've shared a number of, uh, like a number a couple of seasons ago now from Henry B. Eyring, who has spoken about how his first experience of seeing this council of the or this council or quorum of the twelve apostles in work in work, he was invited to a quorum of the twelve apostles meeting uh, for one of his previous responsibilities to discuss an important matter, and as he witnessed their discussion about another matter. Um, he was amazed to see how there was different opinions. They did not agree at all. And there were some very strong opinions in there, not disputations, but strong opinions. Um, and it's it, like I've said, you know, and like we have said, and the saying goes that it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to be disagreeable. And that certainly seems to be the case with this Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Presidency, that in, in President Henry B. Eyring's experience, he saw that there was a number of disagreements, but over time they discussed it and discussed it until they seemed to have come to a conclusion. But even then, uh, the the presiding uh, officer at the time, which I believe was President Spencer W. Kimball, he said that he sensed that there was yet someone in the room that wasn't quite settled on this decision. And so therefore they would leave it there and they would come back to it later, even though it seemed to to President Eyring or Brother Iring or Elder Iring at the time, uh, that there, there was a, dis- a decision made. As they were leaving the room, one of the brethren spoke to President Kimball and just thanked him for delaying it to give him some more, give him some more time uh, to think about it. Uh, and I think that that is a beautiful example of how these councils, uh, particularly the Quorum of the Twelve uh, and, and the First Presidency, and also the Quorums of the Seventy, work together in, in to, to, and strive together to be in complete harmony and unity uh, because without that, they cannot make that decision. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed this study. Hopefully uh, these principles can also apply uh, and be, be applied to, in our calls and in our work today. Um, I am going to have to stop there because, you know, of our time, but I wanted to quickly mention the importance of the standing high councils in the church as well. Interestingly, in verse 36, it talks about how these high councils form a quorum in authority um, to the quorum of the presidency or the traveling high council. Um, So there is um, an importance and uh, a recognition that we need to have our local leaders' decisions uh, sustained as well, um, which I think is very important. Thank you for listening to this and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Please follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me and you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for your time and until we meet again, 